You're listening to a Brain Stew Fresh Fright Review. What's up, creeps? That's right. You're hearing our voices once again. In your eardrums. You all ready for this? (laughs) Bass drop, motherfucker. Epic Film Guys are back. It's been a while. Jeremy, how long has it been? It's been a while. (laughs) Oh, it's It's been three weeks since you heard from us. (laughs) EFG is back in the building. Yesterday, Brady got some wiener. Did he now? I don't think so. (laughs) Maybe you didn't. You just don't remember. But yes, ladies and gentlemen, I am Justin. I'm Jeremy. I'm B-Ratty. Fuck yeah, you are. Here you are. Goddamn. (laughs) We got the B-Rat in the goddamn building doing his goddamn thing. Mouth all up on the microphone like he's polishing some chrome robot wiener. Come on, brother. Let me hear that shit. Woo. (laughs) Yeah. That's what I like to hear. It's been a while since we've actually, yes, all three of us has been have been on the mic together. Yep. Uh, last month, we didn't do a single episode where all three of us were no together. No shit. Brady, you Jesus. went to Disney World. Uh, I did. Jeremy, Disneyland. You did, you did what you normally do, which is go all over the fucking planet. And, you I know. do. Yeah. Yeah. I was everywhere. And uh, October is a really busy month for me as well at Alamo Draft House with Terror Tuesday, Dismember the Alamo, all the other shenanigans that I do. I did my home haunt as well. So we're not going to do a full catch-up episode right now, ladies and gentlemen. We are here to review a movie that came out a few weeks ago. Uh, One of the biggest financial successes of the entire fucking year, and it seems like everybody's talking about it. So, of course, we're here to talk about it for you and give you a review of Five Nights at Freddy's, which is the recent film from Blumhouse. Uh, $20 million budget, and it's grossed already $217 million dollars. That was a guarantee. Uh, that was absolutely a guarantee. This this video game is so popular. Um, it's wild, man. We live in a time where I'm a collector, so I'm on eBay, and I'm typing in Freddy, right? And yep, yep, this yep. Freddy Fazbear shit comes up instead, even though, you know, there's only one true Freddy. So, it, we live in a time where more kids know who Freddy Fazbear is than Freddy Krueger, so... Blumhouse, if you're listening, that's the next Freddy thing you should make is the one that ends with Kruger. So, of course this thing was going to make a shit ton of money, man. My my kid who's seven years old can name every single animatronic, like, knows what jump scares is, like, has begged me for the games. You know, you see the t-shirts, you see the backpacks. Um, this, this was a guarantee fucking home run. No matter what type of movie they made, this was going to be huge. I mean, I don't disagree with that. Uh, the game originally came almost 10 years ago. So whenever I talk to anybody that is a fan of the game, someone that's, you know, of age, a, you know, young adult or whatever, they were like, we've been waiting for this thing forever. So they've been waiting nine fucking years for this movie to come out. And I, I shit you not, when I went to see this in theaters opening night, in Winchester, Virginia, mind you, 
the the place was packed. The energy was exploding through the room. Whenever there was a moment where there was like a line from the game or Easter egg or something, the whole crowd roared. And at the end of the movie, I did not expect this. The the credits start to roll, and it basically got a standing ovation. The entire crowd, kids with stuffed animals, action figures, you know, young adults wearing the t-shirts. You're correct in saying this thing is huge, Jeremy, because the fans came out in droves yeah. for this thing. Even though it's Even streaming. Though, yeah, that's exactly what you were about to say. It's it's sa- same thing. Yep, streaming, same day. And it had, like, the largest drop of any movie or of, of any horror movie this year so far. I think it was, like, a 60% drop. But it didn't make a difference because it still made bank and is absolutely a juggernaut at the box office this you know we're going to get into our actual feelings on the movie in a few but this proves that low budget horror if it's doesn't even have to be a huge ip but in this case it is a huge ip fans have been waiting they'll come out for your movie if you make it even if it's nine years well what's crazy is they they honestly they waited a surprisingly long time to make this so much so that two knockoff movies came out Based off the success of the video game before this movie even got released, yeah, we had Willy's Wonderland and what was the, the Banana Splits, was... the Sci-Fi Banana Channel Splits, movie right. that was like yeah. literally the exact same plot, pretty much. Which, by the way, my seven-year-old is like begging me, let me watch the Banana Splits, and I like looked up some things from it, and it's like, even though it came out on Sci-Fi Channel, way more brutal than Five Nights at Freddy's that was released theatrical. So I'm like, yeah, yeah. you can't watch this one. Well, just looking over, like development it's like in 2015 warner brothers announced they acquired the film rights and then they went through a bunch of changes where like uh blumhouse got involved in there obviously they were announced in 2017 uh and then in 2017 jason blum also said he was working closely with um who is it cawthorn scott cawthorn cawthorn on the film and then Chris Columbus was attached to it Ooh. at some point in 2018. I want to see that. Yeah. yeah. And then something happened between then and 2021. And then we got Emma Tammy, which is who we ended up with. But like, that's, that's just a lot of time for this thing to be in development. So it's like they were trying to. And like you said, two other movies came out. But yeah, I well, don't know. For for you, Brady, like I said, you are the the youngin of the crew here on the Epic Film guys. Mm-hmm. Were you aware of this game at all, or any of your friends, fans of it, or anything like that? Well, you know, like I like to keep uh, my finger on the pulse of culture by just going into hot topic every now and then, and uh, it was always full of Five Nights at Freddy's. Dude, listen, yeah. I still buy shit from there. I've been buying shit from there since I was thirteen. That years wasn't old. me being facetious. I was just saying. Uh, no, 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 no. I'm just, <laughs> I'm just saying. You know, listen, I, I give you shit for wearing Ice Nine Kill shirts, so I was wait, waiting for you to take a jab at me in the ribs yeah, yeah. over still going to Hot Topic. No, I mean, like I was aware of it, and I knew people. Like, I guess more like my brother's age that were really into it. Right. Uh, I never played it. I never got into it. But I remember like kids his age and younger were just like going crazy over this thing. And I was like, what? I don't even know what the fuck it is. Like, it looks it looks kind of gross and disgusting. Like, I could be into it, but I just never got around to playing it. See, the concept to me is awesome. I mean, I'm a massive fan of like retro Chuck E. Cheese, retro showbiz pizza. Mm-hmm. Um you know, I just love that stuff. So the idea that like when you when I was a kid, for example, my parents would take me to Chuck E. Cheese. I'd look forward to it for a month if I knew it was going to be. Oh, ahead hell of yeah. Time. But I was terrified of Mr. Munch. So my parents would have to call ahead 
and ask them, is Mr. Munch going to be there in costume? Because it wasn't back then it wasn't just Chuck E. Cheese. He'd walk around. You'd get Mr. Munch. You may get one of the other characters, walk around characters. And every time that we would go, I'd be looking around, you know, looking around the fucking corners and shit and like, you know, looking behind my back to see if he was there. And I remember one time we were sitting eating pizza and shit you not, Mr. Munch walks up behind me to greet the table of me and my family. <laughs> and I dove underneath the table and went into the fetal position. Freaking. I'm not, ta- dude, I was not six. Okay. I was like 10 or 11. Like it, this, this shit hit hard, man. I was just trying to enjoy my pizza, Mr. Munch. Came just imagine. Shit I came just to fucking eat. I came to pizza hanging out of his mouth. I came to play games and eat pizza, and instead I shit my pants. I mean, then I probably you mom, and five other kids. Toys R Us was across the street. I begged her, can I go over and get a Batman toy? But my point is, like, the concept. I mean, these things are creepy, especially the animatronics. So just thinking of that, you know, Uncanny Valley, that that imagery of, like, what would happen if at night, when everyone was outside of the building and it was closed, like if these things came alive and started fucking shit up. So yeah. um, it, it's a great concept. I love the concept. Brady, yeah. for those uninitiated, if there's anyone listening that doesn't know what this thing is, fill them in on what the movie's all about. Yeah, Five Nights at Freddy's. So struggling with his own guilt over the past and uncertainty about the future, a down-on-his-luck security guard, Mike, takes a last-ditch effort job working overnight security at a once-popular but now-abandoned entertainment restaurant, Freddy Fazbear's Pizzeria. And with each passing shift, things become stranger and stranger until Mike realizes that simply staying awake through the night won't be enough to survive. There it is. Yep. That's not IMDb for you, motherfuckers. That's all me. Damn. For real. Look at, look at the work real. you're putting in on... Five Nights at Freddy's. See, ladies yeah, and gentlemen, I was gone. I was gone from the show for almost a month because <laughs> I had to write that synopsis and get you it down. It took you that long? Well, I man. went out into the woods. It's good. I did some soul searching. I went fishing with my bare hands, shirtless, <laughs> hoochie daddy shorts on. <laughs> Sounds sexy. It was. It was pretty sexy. I mean, dude. Oh man, uh, this this thing is. It's such a like simple, but brilliant concept uh, for a setup for. A video game and a movie, man. Um, yeah, I, dude, I, I forgot to mention that even even the game is being imitated like heavily. Like, there's another game called Poppy Playtime that my kid's super into, which legitimately is the exact same plot, but instead of it being like a Chuck E. Cheese type restaurant, it's an abandoned toy factory, and it's like literally mm. the exact same thing. And these toys come to life. So, I mean, absolutely brilliant setup how we feel about it once we get into the thick of it is a different situation yeah so yeah i mean i'm pretty positive i can speak for all of us in saying that none of us really had any expectations for this thing i had none um, i had none i just wanted to yeah. be entertained because I, I had no investment in it i never played the game i don't give a shit like i'm looking at it as okay this is a pg-13 horror film with really cool fucking jim henson amazing animatronic animatronic costumes man like these these things looked awesome and terrifying and when they would squint and do the evil eyes you could feel that yeah i can totally understand why some of the fans and so many other people were entertained by this but i guess i'll just jump out with my initial reaction here go for it Um, I, I really, I'll say, I, I really enjoyed the opening. I thought the, 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 you know, the opening with the first security guard, because, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to do full spoilers. 
Everyone in the world has already seen this thing. If you haven't, watch the movie first. Come back, Spoiler listen later. Spoiler-filled um, episode. Yes. Wow, we actually said it before we spoiled something. Listen, we always do. Where have you been? <laughs> no, we don't. One of us spoils <laughs> I was about to say, um, I'd right, like to correct that until we don't always no do that. We fuck up please. quite a bit. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, I, so I was just saying good job. <laughs> I movie, have ruined many, many uh, things for people. So, yeah. There you go. The movie is being looked at as, as a gateway horror movie for, for a younger audience, which I totally understand. I totally respect, uh, except for the fact that it lacks anything that makes a successful gateway horror movie. Uh, it, it lacks actual suspense, any tension, any real scares. The fact is this movie is just not scary at all. I, I didn't jump one single time. I mean, if you're going to do a PG-13 horror movie, jump scares are going to be your number one thing you're going to get the especially audience, especially time. the fact that this thing is based off of a worldwide famous video game that all of this is predicated on jump scares literally in exactly. the game it's called jump scares yeah where the yeah. fuck was that there, there were no jump scares to be had here and i know uh, you know i read some interviews um you know, regarding the rating and uh, Emma Tammy, the director, saying that she wanted to follow through with suggestion, shadows, atmosphere, uh, rather than, you know, have blood and gore. Of course, you can't do blood and gore or not that much because your movie's rating. So I totally respect that. And we have seen in recent, uh, you know, horror films that were PG-13, successful films that were scary, filled with tension, that are more effective. Uh, this movie just fell totally flat on its fucking face for me. I didn't feel a single thing in regards to the horror aspect. I don't think there was anything really scary. The imagery, yes, uh, the animatronics, I love the designs. Like Jeremy said, uh, the Jim Henson company worked on this, and beautiful work from them on this. It was great to see physical props, so married with some CGI, perfectly done, especially with a budget of $20 million. It looked fantastic visually. Really enjoyed that. Um, the other part for me that I had a hard time with, I like Josh Hutcherson as an actor. I, you know, the last mm-hmm. time we saw him was in the Hunger Games movies. I thought he was very good in those. Uh, he plays Mike Schmidt, the security guard who goes through this trauma, of course, which we know we have to trauma. Have. The trauma, trauma has to be there. It's a Blumhouse horror movie, and you know, like I just felt like he was giving the same deer in headlights look the entire movie, where he was like. I don't know how I'm supposed to emote here, so I'm going to give the same, like, I'm staring at a blank wall here. Like, it just, I'll give the guy credit. He did what he could with the the role here. And dude does not age at all. Jesus Christ. No. Looks great. No matter how bad they tried to make him look, like, this guy is poor. He wears cheap clothes. It's like, nah, dude. Uh, I wish I looked like that when I was poor. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But, you know, just like I wrapped up my initial thoughts and pass it over to you, Jeremy. I just, overall, the movie for me, it just lacked so much. And goddamn, Matthew Lillard, we're going to get to that, but oh, it made me so sad. Dude, uh, so f- for me, you know, you uh, you have a movie like A Quiet Place that's, I believe, isn't that movie PG-13? I'm like fairly uh, certain. Somebody looked that shit up for me real quick. I'm, looking I'm right pretty now. sure A Quiet Place is PG-13. And there are moments that are It is PG-13, boom. that's right. Boom. Hell yeah. So, 
I look at movies. Yeah, right. That was a good pull because I just literally pulled yeah. it out of my ass. Um, you know, one of the top horror movies of the past five years, but that's okay. And one of my favorites. Yeah, too. dude, look, yeah. look Sorry, at. But you pulled it out. Look at what they could do with PG thirteen and how terrifying and suspenseful they could make that. And then you get to to Five Nights at Freddy's, and I'm gonna go ahead and say this. Um, I I loved that this movie did have layers, right? It wasn't just like, okay, here's generic characters being put in this situation that we're already familiar with thanks to the game. Like, it could have been like Blumhouse has done in the past. This one, they gave a great backstory on Mike, played by Josh Hutcherson, that he has this tormented past that his brother got abducted right in front of him and he never they never found the guy that abducted his brother and they never found his brother and it's tormented him and it's haunted him his entire life his parents have both passed on he's now in charge of raising his baby sister and like dude i feel like he gave a great performance and honestly some of the imagery of his brother being abducted was scarier than anything else in this fucking movie. I can't disagree with that. That the abduction stuff that he keeps going through his head every single night, that recurring dream constantly. That that concept alone is terrifying, and that imagery was definitely the it was, scariest and, stuff and in the movie. The way that they shot those dream sequences of him in the woods and stuff like that, like super, super scary, creepy, creepy stuff. Um, you know, some of my biggest beef with this movie is that it's it's called Five Nights at Freddy's and everybody's there for the animatronics and they are the most underused aspects of this entire yes. Thank film. you for saying yes. it. Like, dude, you have these beautiful, as we stated, Jim Henson costumes for these animatronics and they're so underused, man. And like, I think, I'm not going to say that this movie is without its creepy factors, even outside the abduction stuff, but... I mean, some of the the shots of the animatronics looking up at the camera, which is like straight up out of the game, look super, super creepy that I'm like, oh, fuck, like that's really, that's really scary, you know, for, for what it is. But the whole movie, sometimes, okay, in Jaws, we get very little of the shark until towards the end of the finale. So it makes it, makes it scarier and it makes you want the shark more and then when you finally get it you're like fuck that was so great i i don't know if that was their intention with this if it was it didn't work it just made me go where was the animatronics in this movie and uh, again spoiler filled episode you give us these these finally when we start getting the animatronics they're nice they're friendly they're building forts they're laying on the floor together you fucking like them where I'm like they're they're playing they're playing happy music in the yeah. background. I forgot what fucking uh, what song they were playing there. What needle drop they did? But I was like, yep, here we yeah, go. Yeah, to where it's like, okay, like now you like them, like okay, so like now we're finally getting them, and they're no longer a threat. And unfortunately, from that point on in the movie, like we never really fully got those the full effect of of the scariness from these characters and then um i guess we can save the finale for when when we get there but i at the end of this movie i went you know what i get it 
I understand why they made the movie that they did. You know, this is show business, and clearly they made some good business decisions because it's made absolute bank for them. So what they did is working and and the financial avenue. But as far as, like, this movie was never made for us, right? Like, Justin, you and I are damn near 40, so... I turned 40 in, like, less than three weeks. Yeah. Ugh. 21 days. Actually, 21 days, actually, from today. Yeah, I mean, like, yep. dude, Boom. this movie was 110% not made for us at all. We're not the demographic, which I understand. Um, I can still look at this objectively and go, you know, I was entertained. I did not hate this movie. I'm going to say that. I did not hate this movie. I, I quite enjoyed tons of it, man. Josh Hutcherson, I feel like... I feel like if they would have cast somebody else not on his caliber, I don't know how much I would have liked this movie. But his performance was awesome. Dude, that scene of him in the mall where, like, he thought that kid was getting abducted and he went and he beat the shit out of that guy. Bro, that was awesome. That was awesome. <laughs> One of my favorite scenes of yeah. the movie just because we got to see a mall. And there were people in it. Yeah. And it wasn't dead. It was not a dead mall, dude. <laughs> and he beat the shit out of that guy. And it was, that was fucking awesome. So I liked that they gave us this really interesting, damaged character that's responsible for this tiny human and, you know, the aunt, the evil aunt that wants to get, um, that wants to, uh, to get Abby for the sole financial gain from it and, and Mike's trying to protect Abby, and he's trying to do the best that he can, but he's also kind of a fuck-up because how damaged he is. All of that stuff really worked for me. I liked uh, the the police officer. Um, the character's name was Vanessa, played by Elizabeth Lale. I thought she was fantastic. Um, you know, obviously, she, she was thrust, her character's thrust into the story for, you know from the very beginning that there's like, ulterior motives here like why it's is she showing obvious. why is she showing up obvious. but i feel like like she was fine it, all of that was fine so there's like just so much in this movie that i really did enjoy that even though i was like damn i'm disappointed that we didn't get more like scary factor we didn't get any suspense we didn't get any actual jump scares um the the movie there was never a point where i truly felt threatened for any characters that we care about, the only characters that really got, you know, fucked up in this movie were characters that were bad guys that you were like, I don't care if they get killed, right? Yeah, and, and to your point, that's the problem. There never felt like there was any real like danger no. to any of these people because you're like, oh, they're safe. They're no matter what you already like these these guys that come in. The scene where they're trying to fuck shit up for him yeah. and, and and break into the building and make it look like he was a bad security guard. Okay, of course these guys are gonna die. I mean, the first the first kill is of course uh, the past night guard who's stuffed in an animatronic suit. So I guess he's a good guy technically. Right. But other, well, other we than don't that, know. Like, we don't and, know. Yeah. I mean, well, he could have been jacking off there every night. But you know what? What else <laughs> are you gonna do in that fucking room? <laughs> There's nothing to do. Well, he's got those TVs and shit. But uh, um, two fifty three. Guess it's time to jack off again. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you, my friend. Your uh, initial thoughts on the movie. Yeah, I'm glad you two found some stuff you liked about it because that's going to make up for how much I really hated this fucking movie. Like, there was nothing about this movie that I found good. Uh, and I thought maybe it was because I just didn't understand the game. And, like, I'm not a fan of the game. And this movie is clearly made 
for fans of the game exclusively. Like, sure, you can say it's a gateway to horror. It's trying to merge the fans of the game in into, you know, butts and seats to get tickets in the theater. But, like, nothing about it. It was almost like a slog to get through. Like, I had to stop it multiple times and walk away and just be like, this is the most mind-numbing, no-plot, boring thing I've ever seen that wants to call itself a horror movie. And, like, I'm glad it made money. I can I can understand how it did with its rating, its demographic, and, and, and the marketing. But it was just awful. And I like Josh Hutcherson. You know, I really loved him in uh, Future Man, that series that came out a couple years ago. That show was awesome. I totally Dude, forgot all about that. It's so fucking that. good. That show and was so, awesome. like, I was like, well, maybe... Maybe I'll, I'll I'll be into it because of him, but like I really think his everybody loves him in it just for nostalgia, because I don't think anybody was that strong in this movie. Like there were parts where his it, maybe it was the dialogue, maybe it's not all his fault, but his delivery too. Like Justin, like you were saying, he doesn't know what to do with his face. Like I felt like he didn't know what to do with anything. Yeah. And yeah. then oh, one, one second, the animatronics, uh, they looked like you guys said, like they were like nice. So I'm supposed to be fearful of this thing that also looks like I can just like cuddle with it and have fun with it. Like it, like at least when you go back to Chuck E. Cheese, like that rat looks fucking ferocious sometimes. <laughs> like that looks like a drunk uncle who you like know has gone to prison before at a party that like nobody's talking to in the corner because oh, like pounding Miller lights. Yeah. Uh, and you just kind of like, uh, like don't go over there. Uh, that was nothing like this. And then even the parts where the bad guys are getting fucked up, like none of that was believable. I was like laughing, but only because of how bad it was. Yeah. Like I never felt fearful in any situation. Sure. And like if you're going to call yourself a horror movie, like you need to make me feel scared even a little bit. So I, I really hated just, this movie. Just the tiniest sense of horror in your horror movie. I don't think it's that much to ask for, but <laughs> I, who am I? <laughs> you know, I, I have to say in terms of performances, my favorite of the movie is actually Piper Rubio, who plays Abby. She's fantastic. Oh, yep. God, I hate her. Oh, man, I thought she was wonderful. I understand. What was going on with, what was going on with her bangs, first of all? Well, listen, that was something I was going to bring up, because the movie takes place in modern day, but you don't really see that many cell phones, and they have, like, a house phone, and they're dressed kind of like 90s. I, I, I liked that it was set in this weird... Movies Alternate are doing this universe, yeah. Now alternate timeline where it's like it's not the 80s or the 90s the mall, or now, the mall is like, full yeah no. the mall is full though you know the local fucking pizza time theater is you know like this ancient like thing that they're like it's been closed for decades and they mentioned that it was closed in after the 80s and all that stuff and yeah. there is lore there's there's history to it that i appreciated that mm-hmm. um but what I was going to say is, like, Abby has this, like, super modern, like, hipsterish haircut. And I'm like, they're poor. How's this girl getting her haircut so nice? She's always so well-dressed. And I'm like, he looks like shit. He's wearing, like, you know, hand-me-down flannels and old sneakers and stuff. But, you know, again, that's nitpicking. That's totally sure. the definition I, of nitpicking. I don't know. I mean, she wasn't, like, the worst child character we've seen. Like, I know Justin, like, shit all over that girl from The Boogeyman. But... Uh, I just I didn't. Oh, that, that kid was terrible. That kid yeah, was terrible. I just I don't know, man. Like nobody. <laughs> I hate to call out kid actors. I really do. Um, you love it. I just I really I, off yeah, off air. You talk about you're like fuck little kid actors. As soon as fuck, as soon as we get done fuck recording. kids who want to grow up and be actors and want to act when they're kids and shit like that. Justin just goes on a tirade and he's like, man, fuck all of. Listen, them. we we we've, we've yeah. seen some of the best 
kid actors of all time. You want to see a movie with good kid actors? A hor- good horror movie? A classic horror movie? Watch the fucking Monster Squad. Every kid in that movie is amazing. Yep. There you go. Boom. So What are they doing now? Damn. <laughs> Jesus. The key thing is, is we, we know the history of this. I'm sorry. Eight out of ten child actors don't ever succeed as adult actors. Especially so when we talk about them on this show. There's your statistic. There's your statistic. Um, what, one thing that, that drives me nuts about this movie, um, and this is kind of jumping ahead a little bit, uh, which I don't Go think anybody it. cares if I do that. Um, <laughs> Feel is, free. Listen, once you take your bad guy and you make them good, you can't make them bad again, right? It's it's Terminator, right? Arnold Schwarzenegger was the bad guy in part one. You made him the good guy in part two. Guess what? In every movie after two, he was the good guy because the audience was like, oh, fuck, we like this guy. He's a good guy now, right? Puppet Master. They were evil in one through three. and four, it was like the puppets turned good to, to fight other evil puppets, and they became good guys. And, like, dude, they've primarily stayed good guys in every single film since then. So it's like once you do that, I feel like it's hard to then reconvince the audience that the characters are scary. And it's Freddy Krueger as well. You know, he was terrifying in, in one and two specifically, and then three – okay, he's still scary, but now he's kind of funny, and then they they kept ramping up the funny factor, and then it got to the point where, okay, he's not scary anymore. He can't be scary yeah. anymore until they came out with Wes Craven's New Nightmare, which was a genius way to make him scary again. So my thing is, in your first movie, the first one you're going to have the, like, at towards the, you know, the the third act, you're going to turn them good to where, like, now they're good. And then even through the finale, it's like, okay, you know that they're going to turn, you know, and and be good guys for the rest of this movie. So my thing is, this movie's made so much money. What do you do now? Like, you've made them good. You've made the audience sympathetic for these characters. How do you make them bad again in the next movie? That's what I don't understand. I mean, you could do something like it's uh, just an alternate timeline in the second movie. So there's like a timeline where it's a different security guard and different set of circumstances. I don't know. There's like what different, like the whole thing of them mentioning like a, a kid gets killed, you know, at the beginning and that's why the pizzeria had to shut down. Um, you know, that comes from a specific chapter of the game. So you could just make a movie like that, but I get what you're saying. Like once you've seen it as a crowd and like an audience and be like, okay, like why do I have to be scared of these things? It is hard to reel that back in and be like, no, 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 the next one, like, this is this is the version they're scary, and then this is the version where they're, like, Care Bears, and then this is the version where, like, everybody loves them. So yeah, they, 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 I think... They shot themselves in the foot, essentially. They like did, and, and to your guys' point, I think what they were really trying to do is they know that these fans love these characters so much, and they wanted those moments for them to cheer for them, because let's face it, that's why they're playing the games. That's Can why I ask another question? Action figures. Sure. Why do they like these characters? <laughs> these characters are... I don't... I felt like... Well, I, I mean, again, maybe because I haven't played the game, but I'm like, I just don't. I can't speak for I don't fans see the appeal. I've, I've never played the game. I know I was talking to um, uh, my daughter's boyfriend, who's he said he grew up with this shit and he loves it and stuff. And he went and saw the movie uh, this last weekend. He said he loved the movie as well. Something that connected with young people when the game came out. I think, you know, one thing is that the designs are wonderfully done. I love the designs. They really stand out. The colors the designs of the characters are just they're very memorable that's the one thing that i took away from the movie is like okay i'm going to remember what these characters look like if anything not their names or anything but just the imagery 
it sticks with and when when shot correctly they can be menacing dude again in those couple shots where it's like from the security cam footage of them like slowly looking up at the camera creepy shit man Mm, i guess it it had a couple moments it didn't hit me i guess like it hit you guys like I wanted it to, but watching that scene specifically, like when the the thugs are in there trying to break everything, and then the guys looking at the camera, and they just like look up. I just laughed because I was like, "That's not scary." At yeah, all. but again, uh, right? Th- this movie, I'm not excusing it, right? You know, you feel how you feel about it. That's fine. But this movie was not made for us, man. We're we're not the demographic for this movie. Um, I mean, I I get that you can't really do that. For every movie, you either like a movie or you don't. But I'm like, well, just like you know what, what Justin Jeremy. said, your, your theater was fucking cheering at the end because that was the demographic. That's that's the problem, though. And I think to Brady's point, this is a movie made for fans. So this movie mm-hmm. is the definition of a fan service movie, and you you can't get away with that continuously. And I think for that's why you know other critics, this movie got fucking destroyed, and I, there's yeah. a good reason for that. They don't care, though, because the whole purpose for them is to make money. Like you said, show business. But there was a way for them to please fans and everybody else if they just took their time, made the movie actually frightening, gave it some real suspense. And it could have been a little bit meaner. Uh, And by meaner, it's like, uh, you know, most of the kills are off screen, which is fine. We've seen tons of fucking horror movies where they do that. But... There needed to be something else for us to hold on to. And, you know, Brady, I don't know if maybe they did that, if that still, the movie still wouldn't have worked for you. But I know it would have worked for me on, on a surface level, at least. I walked out, unlike Jeremy, only mildly entertained and more frustrated than anything else because I could see that the concept was there. There was something there that could have been really good had maybe, in, a, in, in just to say, had the right director been well, I, attached to the project. Or Chris Columbus? That would have been lights out, dude. I agree. That would have been lights out for sure. But it's like, and what you're talking about, like it could have been meaner. Like there's a scene in there where somebody gets bit in half. Yeah. So like they could have been meaner with this movie. I I don't want to sit here and and excuse it being like, oh, well, it's a PG-13. Because like they did try to get violent with it. I just feel like it was misplaced. It's all about how you do it too. Yeah, they didn't execute correctly. And it's that's why I feel that way. And like you said, it's a fan service movie. And I feel like sure, you know, that gets that gets your money. But like, what's it really gonna do? I don't necessarily agree that it was it was a fan service movie, um, because, I mean, I've never played the game in my life, and and I'm not saying that I that I loved this movie. I I did not love this movie, but um, I can't really speak to it being a fan service movie because I I guess I don't know enough about this property to be like oh like right here. But if anything, I I would say that they they did a lot less than what they could have done if this was truly a a fan service movie to the video game because again going back to those jump scares from the game you know um that didn't exist in this movie if anything like i feel like we could have used more jump scares i don't know like here's also something you could have done and aside from the one girl and i forget her name i'm sorry getting was it max getting bit in half mm. the babysitter mm. Other than that, everything yeah, was like a, gets bit in half. Yeah, everything was a cutaway. Yeah, so it's like, and I get it's PG thirteen, but even the after, like, I mean, there's the scene they showed the aftermath and the the one's face, guy's face is all mangled up, and it's like, sure, you can't show that one all the way, but maybe the guy getting killed in the closet you could have shown, maybe, you know, the guy getting actually killed by the scatting fox could have said something, like, or shown something. I don't know, like, 
there are ways around the PG-13 rating to make it more meaningful, sure. a, little, a little more visceral. Uh, again, make a quiet place. Invested. A quiet place. Like, yeah. they could have absolutely done more, and I agree with you guys 110%. Um, I'm not necessarily defending this movie. I understand mm-hmm. certain things of why they did what they did. They could have absolutely made a darker, scarier movie. Uh, I will tell you that watching this with my seven-year-old, she still had to stop watching it. Like, even though really? she's played the game and different things, yeah, she made it all the way until right at the very end, and thankfully, and this is why we chose to watch it at home, because initially I was going to take her to theaters to see it. Dude, she's got a Five Nights at Freddy's backpack. Like, she's got a hat. She's got the toys. Like, she's got the game on her tablet. She's super into it, so I was like, man, I'll take her to see it. And then I was like, you know what? Let me just stream it at home in case it gets to be too much for her and she made it all the way until almost the very end and she was like i'm i can't watch anymore and i was like i get it i get it so i wonder if it's because it's like i don't know man like i mean it's it's your daughter so like i mean we've all we've both known you since you know she was little mm-hmm. little and like watching gremlins at like three years old yeah. so do you think maybe this is because it's something she's grown up with and like has like seen in a different medium and now she's seeing it yeah I don't- whereas like nightmare and i'm sure you got freddie in your fucking basement oh yeah you know? i i i don't know man um Weird. you know she dude she watched willie's wonderland which is a worse rating than this one willie's wonderland yeah. is an r and you know i i fast forward you know through some of the inappropriate stuff or whatever but like she right. saw the, the meat and the potatoes of of the movie and she was unfazed by it but towards the end of it it especially hmm. once you throw in the real bad guy in the movie, which are you guys cool with just jumping in? Also, that? let's just, yeah, let's yeah, just get to that. I was going to say, let's get right to it because for, for horror fans, the idea that Matthew Lillard is coming back for a new horror movie is like music to our fucking ears. I was mildly excited about it just to see him back in a movie and I had no idea where the story was going, but I had like a feeling there was like a little nod in our first scene with him. Uh, you know, he plays dual characters. He plays Steve Ragland, who's like this, you know, I don't even know, a recruiter. Job, job placement guy. Yeah, job yeah, placement career guy. Career guidance counselor or something and like that. And then I was like, I kept thinking to myself, there's no way they cast Matthew Lillard for this movie and they're just going to have him play that one role for like less than five minutes of screen time. And I shit you not, for the first time in a long time, my wife Danielle turns to me and she's like, he's going to be the bad guy in the movie. <laughs> he's he's the, the killer again. He's talking about the killer. And I was like, oh, shit. And then, of course, we, we see the reveal at the end. He's William Afton. Um, you know, he's the guy that has been puppet, puppet, being the puppet master of this whole thing. And, um, you know, Good Vanessa culture. is his daughter. Yeah. And that's why she's been watching over this place the whole time. And I was like, oh, yeah, that all makes total sense to me. But in this reveal is is you tell me is you being the big scream fan on the show, Brady, is Lillard just trying to channel Stumacher here? Yeah, I, I was, a I was little so bit of it, pissed off about it. I was so it. frustrated. I was like, man, he's not exploding all the way there, but I think it's the closest thing, Jeremy, sorry to burst your bubble, that we'll ever see to him returning to that Stumacher character again. Yeah, I uh, I was very, very upset with that. I was like, you got to be shitting me. Like, Did you cry? Did you cry at home when you saw it? Is that why you did? Did you weep? Maybe, maybe. Um, How about the fact that he did the ghost face blade wipe with his hand? Did you guys catch that? 
Yeah. Of course. Yeah. That was pretty. I, I kind of liked that. Dude, yeah. that, that was, was a, a nice little homage. I, I didn't expect all you know, the Five Nights fans to get that. As soon as I saw it, I, I started to like clap and shit, and people were cheering. I was like, okay. They don't deserve right. to get it. You know what, though? You don't I like that. This. I was like, all right, you gave, <laughs> you gave me something because it's like. You know, Jason Blum's not stupid here. He knows he knows his shit. He's like, we should probably, you know, I guarantee someone said put that in there, you know. Yep. Yeah. Um, and, and I got to say this much aside from, you know, I thought Lillard was fine. Lillard's a, a very good actor. I've, I've loved everything he's done mm-hmm. uh, that I've seen over the last couple of years. Good Girls, a show that my wife loves. He was fantastic yeah. in that show uh, versus Christina Hendricks, who played his wife, unfortunately got canceled. Uh, and he oh I'm my he, god I thought you were I really thought you were gonna say she got cancer and I was like oh no shit. no the show got canceled yeah, I, yeah. I, oh hell no Christina like Hendricks she's a goddess yeah. man um, yeah but as we all three of us know from going to conventions you know Brady you and I met him yeah. last year he's like a staple at every convention Jeremy you know this he's been doing it for a long time his line always wraps around the block which has been his main source of income he has kids he has kids in college I get it if if that's what you have to do. But it was good to see him in a fucking movie. And, and it felt good to see him in a movie that became a massive financial success. He can't talk about the movie at all. He can't tweet about the movie because, you know, the strike and everything, which is very unfortunate. He, he loves talking about his, his movies and his projects and stuff. So that part felt good to me. It just felt like a little... Just not a authentic. Too it a little just too felt much. Like yeah. not I, right. I'll say one thing is... I, I really enjoyed, like, he kind of knew that it, there was some nefarious shit going on with his character. Of and, course. You know, it's pretty easy to, to spot that, okay, like, this is going to end up, like, being something. But at, in the finale, when it's revealed, it's like, A, it's a Scooby-Doo moment where the mask comes off, which is funny because he played Shaggy and yep. these two movies, and he's been mm-hmm. voicing Shaggy for all these years. So this is literally a Scooby-Doo moment. Like, the mask comes off, and he's like, it's me! Mr. McDougal, I don't fucking know, you know, so, uh, <laughs> so, but I did, I did, I loved that when he started getting, like, killed while wearing the suit, and the suit was taking him over, I loved that he said, I'll come back, I always come back, and it kind of had, like, a little bit of a Chucky vibe to it, and, like, mm-hmm. and then mm-hmm. when he puts the mask back on and the eyes light up and then the final shot with him in the movie, I'm like, if they're going to do a situation in the sequel where they're like, okay, well, how do you make the animatronics evil again? It could be that, like, now, like, he's this possessed animatronic and he hacks into the other animatronics and, like, makes them evil again. You know what I mean? There's that little fix right there that you can do, but... Honestly, like I found the finale with his character to be creepy where I'm like, yeah, that's that's super gnarly looking. So I I enjoyed that, you know, not the greatest thing in the world, but I still enjoyed tons of this movie. Thematically, also, you know, this whole connection of him being the killer who actually murdered uh, his brother, Garrett, and the five other children by hiding their bodies in these animatronics and basically like keeping their souls under control is really creepy shit in terms of like a, a concept it wasn't portrayed as seriously scary as it could have been but i really did like that idea i'm like man there's fucking kid souls in these things you know that's why they are a did little they bit explain how he did that or no was it just like implied uh, 
if if they did, it went over my like head. some and Charles if Lee Ray movie went over shit. my head. Yeah, <laughs> take away my asleep. critic license yeah. right now. <laughs> yeah, um, you know, but th- there's some stuff right like that that are just little plot holes here and there, of course, which are to be expected in a movie like this. Um, but you know, at the end, everyone's happy, everything's good, except for like, dude, this Aunt Jane gets killed off screen by Golden Freddy and. Uh, Dude, at the end of the movie, they're sitting there just like eating soup or some shit. She was a bitch, anyways. And yeah, she smelled like cigarettes. <laughs> she dude, tastes like cigarettes. Never mentioned at all. <laughs> like, someone got murdered in your house. Cops didn't come. It's not mentioned whatsoever. It's just well, I think that I just, just speaks that to the funny. broader just, theme. They just they just drag they just drag her body to to Freddy's, and they're like, <laughs> she showed up here and got fucked up. I don't know what to tell you. Well, we found her in the dumpster out back. I don't know. <laughs> so are they? You know, accomplices to murder. They could murder. Murder. So yeah, well, that was that was Five Nights at Freddy's, man. We uh, we all endured it. We all watched it, and we all had varied opinions on it. How about that? Yeah, very true. It's been a while since we've had a film like that. A little divisive in the EFG crew, so we might as well go around the horn here with a little trash it or treasure it. And Brady, we're going to start with you. I think I know where you're <laughs> Gee, going. I with wonder this, what but I'm going to say. Might as well give it a try. Uh, <laughs> not to you know keep repeating the same themes here. Repeat but it's it. Just, it. Repeat it. Say it, sister. Uh, say it. Say it. It's just a vapid, uninteresting, flat, uninspiring Ooh. movie. Ooh labeled as horror to get people into theaters and make a bunch of money, which it did, so in that term it's a success, but it offers nothing in the way of scares, nothing in the way of entertaining plot, nothing in the way of characters. Essentially, it offers nothing, and that's what I was left with and wondered, why the fuck did I just sit through almost two hours of this movie? Like, if it hadn't been for this show, uh, and I had nowhere to like put this out there, like I would have just been like one of those like guys on film Twitter who's just like complaining about my life. Uh, it's just, I don't, I don't know. I feel like it had, it had potential and I say that a lot on episodes, but it sucks that you could see the potential in the movie and it just never lives up to it. And like, I got you now. I do feel like, I I feel like they shot themselves in the foot and they're going to keep making money off of this. So they won't see it. But like in terms of creative storyline and, and, uh, entertaining storyline, I don't see a future for this. If it becomes a franchise, it's definitely a franchise. For that reason, I have to trash it. And Jeremy. I'm going to treasure it. I am. I am. I am because... Well, this has been fun. I uh, hope you guys enjoy (laughs) (laughs) it. You're like, this is B-Ratty's last episode. Don't be so bitter, Brady. (laughs) Um, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm I'm going to treasure it because uh, I enjoyed... I enjoyed this movie uh, for what it was and not what it could have been. Um... Did I love it? Absolutely not. Um, but it it'll be a movie that I that I revisit. And honestly, like I feel like this could be a Ouija or Ouija Origins, you know, Ouija two Origins of Evil situation where mm-hmm. you know we've already got the setup film where now the second one can really really just do its thing and tell a scary story that could be very effective i feel like we could get that next and i just i didn't hate this movie i loved so much about this movie that i'm like you know what i feel like i liked more things than i disliked things in this movie um so it's hard for me to trash it because i i 
I'll revisit this, man. I, I had a good time with it for, for what it was. And I look forward to seeing what they do with the sequel. And hopefully the sequel is the movie that we wanted out of this one. But even saying that, I still enjoyed this movie for what it was. And it was entertaining. It was a good popcorn flick. Hate me. I don't give a shit. I enjoyed it. I could never hate you. Well, you know, Dan, there's something to be said about a, a first installment in a franchise. And sometimes we get those that aren't nearly up to the level they could possibly be and in the sequel they improve upon it and they become uh, you know a franchise of success from there on out so uh, Friday that, the 13 we know yeah. I mean that you know depending on how you feel about those movies but yeah I, I, yeah. I agree with you with the first one absolutely but, yeah that, you know, that's like a great comparison on, actually for me it, it, as a gateway horror movie I understand people calling it that but when there's so much else out there that you could consider such that is way better that is terrifying for kids and still has you know the fan pleasing stuff where you know they're in like it i just found this to be like brady said a slog it was hard for me to get through and i was the only one to see it in a theater and oh i understood that energy that was surrounding the entire room you know it was just you, it was contagious yeah but still even so I found the film middling, and I just did not walk out feeling satisfied from it. So for Do me, it. Do it. it's a trash. <laughs> Fuck you, Jeremy. <laughs> but I, I'm still open to the sequels, and as we do on this show, sometimes we take one for the team, for our listeners. You never know if it's going to be good or bad, so I go into everything with the most open mind possible, and this one just wasn't for me, but... Mm-hmm. I will watch the sequels. Who knows? Like I just said a few minutes ago, and, and, and Jeremy said perfectly, you never know the sequels could be fucking masterpieces. Just depends on who's making them. If it's yeah. Blumhouse, eh, 50-50. Probably not. Yeah. But there it is, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. Thanks for tuning into this long-delayed episode review of the Epic Film Guys podcast. We love you so, so much. Sorry for being slightly absent. Uh, it's a in the busy, month of October. busy October, man. Busy-ass fucking yeah. month. But I have to say... Uh, we love all of our old listeners and new listeners alike because both of our episodes released last month, our Exorcist Believer uh, spoiler-free episode and our Halloween 4 retrospective were very large episodes for us. A lot of downloads. You guys you know, gave a lot of positive notes and words on both of those episodes. So thanks so much for tuning in, and we hope that we were part of your soundtrack for Spooky Season. If you like what you're hearing, if you love what you're hearing, if once again... Maybe this week you're not mad at Brady because he wears Ice Nine Kill shirts. Maybe you're <laughs> mad at him because he just trashed this movie. And you're like, I took my fucking kid to that movie and he loved it and has the action figures and shit. And he told me that it's going to be his favorite movie of all time. Well, Fuck leave us a review. <laughs> oh, there's another reason. Leave <laughs> us a review. Let us know what you think on iTunes and Spotify is even easier. Uh, just leave some stars. It's not that hard, people. Uh, and, of course, we're on Every social media platform, Epic Film Guys, I don't even need to list them all. They're <laughs> everywhere. But we got a lot of shit lined up this month. It's a Wonderful Knife, which I've already had a chance to see. We got fucking Eli Roth's Thanksgiving. Can't fucking wait. Can't fucking wait. But I'm Justin. I'm Jeremy. I'm B-Ratty. And as always, we like to ask you to keep it creepy.